Father, we thank you for this wonderful story that you have given to us. May we be those who share it with others as well. And God, as we think about the mouths that you have given us, help us to use them for your glory, for your purposes. Help us to hear from your word how our mouths and our hearts can be transformed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're doing this sermon series where we're looking at the book of Proverbs. I want to encourage you to keep reading it because we have a few weeks left. There's still time for you to read through the book of Proverbs. I'm giving you some hints, some tips to how, as to how to read the book of Proverbs. And I want you to read through it and find some that might just stick with you. Uh, pick out some favorites. And again, if you want to send some favorites to me, please do that. I've really been encouraged by some of you that have done that. The title of this sermon series is Good for the Body, Good for the Soul. And let me explain again what I mean by that. And I want to do so by giving a quote from a theologian named Raymond Ortland. He said, The Lord Jesus Christ, who died for you, also claims you, all that you are, from head to toe. The gospel calls you to deploy your very body for him. Today, the part of the body that we're going to look at in the book of Proverbs is the mouth. And no, that is not the rolling stone symbol, although it looks a lot like it. And I do apologize that this tongue is going to be sticking out at you for the entire sermon, but at least it's not my tongue sticking out at you. So. Um, pretty much any way you slice it, words are one of the main themes of the book of Proverbs. Now, I would say overall the main theme of the book of Proverbs is wisdom. The idea that, that God gives us wisdom and we are to learn it from him and to live according to it. And I would say a secondary theme of the book of Proverbs is our heart. That as we seek to learn wisdom from God, it's not just a matter of knowing things, it's a matter of our hearts being transformed. But from there, and this is where we're looking at the sermon series of all these different body parts, the, the book of Proverbs often tells us that our body parts play a role in this. So we've looked at our ears, our hands, our feet. Today we're going to look at our mouths and see what role our mouths have to play in this. Now, again, we're connecting this, though, to this idea of, of our hearts, how we should rightly follow God. So I want to show you right off the bat Proverbs 4, 23 through 24. It starts with the heart and moves to our mouth. It says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. But then the very next verse says, Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. So do you see how our, our mouths can help our hearts in this regard? So one of the ways that we can guard our hearts is to be careful about what comes out of our lips. And I hope you believe me when I tell you that our world gets this wrong so often. Think about some of the awful things that you might hear in this world. And, and let's start close to home. Maybe it's in your home. Maybe it's a husband and a wife saying things that they shouldn't to each other. Maybe it's kids yelling at each other, not being gentle with each other. Or let's, let's go out of the house now. Maybe it's two politicians slinging mud at each other. I feel like we see that more and more. Maybe some of you who are older can correct me on this. Is it happening more and more and more these days? Or maybe we think of two athletes getting into a Twitter war and one of them disrespects one and what does the other one have to do? Well, they have to get online as soon as they can and disrespect them back. It's almost like in our world, if somebody insults you, you're considered weak if you don't insult them back. And, and let me just say that that is not right. That is not at all the attitude that, that Jesus had, nor is it the attitude that we should have as we go through this world. There's a famous saying, and I want you to finish it with me if you can. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we all know that's not true, right? 
Now, I, I started off this worship service by saying, raise your hand. Well, let's do it one more time. This will be good for our souls. Just one more time with me. Raise your hand if you've ever said something wrong to somebody. Okay, that's every hand, uh, right? It should be every single hand in this room. Some of them, two hands. Okay, good. <laughs> or think back through your life. Has anybody ever said something to you that just hurt you, that cu- cut you? Maybe it's something that has stuck with you for your whole life. I have a friend of mine who says, I still remember something my dad said to me when I was a teenager. And and let me just say this. If there are any of you that are holding on to something that somebody has said to you, please know that when God disciplines us, it is for our good. And for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. So if you feel any condemnation coming from anybody, then maybe it's something that somebody said to you 20 years ago, please know that it doesn't come from God. If it came as condemnation... It's not from him because God's intent is to build us up. But let's think about the flip side. Has anybody ever said an encouraging word to you and it felt like God himself was smiling on you? So just think about that right there. Our words have such amazing power either to tear down or to build up. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death. Or literally, I found this interesting. It says, death and life are in the hand of the tongue. I didn't know my tongue had a hand, but apparently it does. And it is powerful. The words that come out of our mouths, again, can either tear down or build up. And who among us can claim to have wielded our tongue wisely? In James 3.8, it says, no man can tame the tongue. It also says in James 3.6, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Think about that the next time you open your mouth. We do not have the power on our own to control our tongues. We need God's help in this. Now, fortunately for us, God has given us help. It comes in the book of Proverbs in the form of wisdom. He instructs us to use our tongues for his glory. Listen to what it says in Proverbs 2.6. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So we are to learn from the mouth of God what is good and true and right and wise, and we are to speak like that. It's my goal that we would learn that kind of wisdom from God today as we look into his word. We're going to look at Proverbs. I'm also going to look at a few other verses. We're going to look at a few verses in the book of James today. We've already looked at some. James is kind of the Proverbs of the New Testament, so we're going to go there a little bit today as well. But let's just see how our mouths can speak words of wisdom. I have two main points in my sermon today. One is about using the wrong words, which we shouldn't do. And then the other point, not surprisingly, is about how we should learn to say the right words. So point number one, we must be careful not to use the wrong words. Not to use the wrong words. There's a main theme in the book of Proverbs. I've already hinted at it a little bit. I want to remind you, there's two verses, very similar verses. I want to show them both to you. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And then Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the fear of the Lord is a good thing. Here's how I would define the fear of the Lord. It means honoring God so well that we would seek not to do anything that would displease him. So there's a positive and a negative side to that. The fear of the Lord. On the positive side, it means I want to live my, such a, my, my life in such a way that everything I do, everything I say, everything I think honors God. I want to, I want to fear him. I want to worship him. Uh, worship is a synonym for fear in that sense. 
But then there's this other sense of the word fear which we need to remember as well. It's the flip side of it. It's kind of this, the negative side of it in which we would say, I don't want to do anything that would cause God to be displeased. God has told us how he wants us to live and sometimes we live opposite of that. And when we do, we're not living in the fear of the Lord. So, so to fear the Lord means both that we would want to do what is right and that we would want to stay away from doing what is wrong. That's the fear of the Lord and it's the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Now, look at the fear of the Lord in regard to our mouths. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Now, we could say a lot about this verse, but what I want to do for right now is I want to show you the concept of the fear of the Lord in regard to that last phrase, perverse speech. If you look at the context of this verse, going back to verse 12, it, it tells us how wisdom hates these things. And one of the things it hates is perverse speech. Speech. That word perverse means to turn something, to twist something. And, and that's, that's what Satan does. He, he would take something that is good, something that God has made, and would twist it in such a way that we would be tempted to use it in the wrong way. And that's what we do with our mouths. That's what we, we've already said we've done it. We've all raised our hands. We've used our mouths the wrong way. This perverse speech is something that should not be coming out of our mouths. One of you recently sent an email regarding this verse saying that we should look in the mirror and ponder our own fear of the Lord. And one of the ways that we can look in the mirror is to use our ears and just to say, let's listen to the words that are coming out of our mouths. Are the words that are coming out of our mouths words that give glory to God, words that build other people up? Or are they perverse and evil? It says in Proverbs 12.22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. So we have an opportunity here to honor the Lord by what comes out of our mouths. So what has it been for you? Has it been words of truth? Words that are good? Words of wisdom? Or has it been falsehood and evil? Jesus told us in Matthew 12.36 that we will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word that we have spoken. Now, as I was thinking about this verse and, and preaching on it, I was thinking, this verse is a powerful weapon, and I do not want to wield it merely against you all. I want this to be something that we all would take a look at ourselves first and foremost, and that we would, we would think about the words that have been coming out of our mouths lately. And, and just to think that one day, now, praise the Lord, there's forgiveness for all of our sins, that Jesus died on the cross for us to take away the penalty of our sin. But even so, I believe that we will stand before God one day and, and we will learn about righteousness as he judges according to the words that we have spoken. Now again, it's not going to be for condemnation because that's already taken care of at the cross. But it's going to be for learning purity and righteousness. And, and what we should think right now is, I want to prepare for that day that day when I know that I'm going to have to give an account for the things that I've done and said, I want to live my life here according to what is true and good and right. So we need to be careful. We need to hear this warning. We must be careful not to use the wrong words. And here's another way I like to think about this. God is a speaking God, right? Right away when we meet him in the Bible, what does it say? God said, let there be light, and there was light. God created our universe by speaking. Think of the power of his words. And then later on in Genesis chapter 1, we read that we were created in God's image. 
And we know that one of the ways that God created us was that he gave us mouths and the ability to say things. So we are supposed to be like God in the things that we say. But you only have to go to Genesis 3 until we see this twisting, this perversity that came in. As the father of lies came and tempted Adam and Eve, and they believed the lie, and they took a bite of the fruit that they were told not to eat from. Now, following that same pattern, we do that same kind of thing with our mouth. When we say things that we should not say, we follow Adam and Eve's pattern. We do not do what is right the way that we should. Think about our world today. In America, one of the things that that Americans prize the most is our freedom of speech, right? Imagine, and, and we see this, Imagine somebody comes and tries to take away freedom of speech. There's an outrage. People say, no, that is a constitutionally protected right of mine. I have the right to say what I want to say. That's what our country gives to us. But let me tell you this. Just because a thought pops into your mind doesn't mean it has to come out of your lips. You have the constitutionally protected right, yes, to say things, but that doesn't mean we have to say it. God gave us lips so that not everything that pops into our minds has to come out of our mouths. God gave us, a, 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 he, excuse me, God gave us teeth so that we can bite our tongues if we need to. <laughs> Proverbs 10:19 says, "When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise." Now, preachers have to be really careful about this one because we use a lot of words. But I want you to think about this in regard for yourselves. When words are many, sin is not absent. What that means is the more your mouth runs, the more likely you might be to say something you shouldn't say. So what should we do? We should hold our tongues every once in a while. We should stop and think. (coughs) Yes, God gave us our mouths and we were created in his image. But the father of lies would also tempt us to use our mouths for the wrong purposes. So, a wise person is a person who holds his tongue. In James 1.19 it says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. What a great pattern. I mean, this would be a good one. If you just left today and applied this verse to your life, I think you'd be doing pretty well. Quick to listen. So, use your ears before you use your tongue. And then be slow to speak. And in doing so, we can curb our anger because oftentimes it's our anger that causes problems. And then back to Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I want to tell you a little story in my life about how I was convicted on this verse. I was convicted at a time that I was not expecting to be convicted on it. We were watching the show, 19 Kids and Counting. Anybody ever watch that show? Uh, it was a terrifying show to me, the thought of having 19 kids. But uh, we, we used to watch that show. And I uh, was watching it one day, and I was, uh, the, the conversation came up. They, they asked the mother of these 19 kids, how do you handle all the squabbles and the fights and the arguments and the complaints, all the stuff that comes at you from your kids? And she said, I go to Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. And as I thought about that, I looked at my own life and I thought, I have not been as gentle with my kids as I should have been. So I apologize to my kids for that. But, uh, and it's funny for me. Back before I had kids, I remember I was in a Bible study one time and we were encouraging each other. There was one of these lists. I think that it was from Colossians 3. Clothe yourselves with kindness, compassion, gentleness, humility, and patience. 
And, and we all went around the room and we encouraged each other. And one of the guys in the room said to me that he saw me as a gentle person. And I thought, oh, that's pretty good. And then I had kids. And then I realized that some of the words that came out of my mouth were not gentle. So here I'm, I'm watching TV and all of a sudden I'm cut to the heart because I realized that I had been using harsh words instead of gentle words. So I made a commitment right there to use gentle words. Now how do you do at this? Are you prone to using harsh words that instead of calming things down, they actually stir things up? It's kind of funny that the Hebrew for this, the harsh words, they, it, it kind of says they go up the nose. Like, <laughs> do you like having things go up your nose? Not usually. Um, a harsh word does that. The same theologian Raymond Ortland said, we need to see in our rash words razor blades flying out of our mouths right into the body of the other person. When I do premarital or marital counseling with people, I often use the analogy of a Western gunfight. So think, you're watching a Western movie and one guy draws his gun. What does the other guy do? Draws his gun. What do you expect? When, when you go into a conversation and you use harsh, bitter, angry words, what's the other person going to do? Well, if they're not walking in the spirit at that very moment, they might use harsh, bitter, and angry words for you as well. It takes wisdom to guard our mouths, to hold our tongues, and to give gentle answers. I was so thankful that I saw a theologian. Um, it's something that I've said before, and I saw this theologian say the same thing. He said, in a Christian home, there should be no shouting. And I like it. Maybe some of you grew up in homes where shouting was normal, and you just assume that that's what people do. They have disagreements, and they shout about them, and then maybe they make up later. But let, let me just say, I agree with that guy. He said, I don't think there should be shouting. Unless you're warning somebody to stay away from danger, that's fine. But shouting in an argument... These are the people we love. Let's not use those kinds of words, those tones, with each other. So, and I know some of you, I shouldn't say I know this, some of you may be in the habit of using that kind of tone with your spouse, with your family, and I just want to urge you to bite your tongue. Let that be a, a warning sign, just a, a red flag that pops up in you. When you hear your voice escalating, please know that there is probably something wrong in your heart. Yes, Jesus had righteous anger, but we have a ways to go before we can have that kind of anger like he did. Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we hear these awful things coming out of our mouths, please know that it really is a heart issue. We'll talk more about that later. But it should be pointing to us that there's something wrong in us and something needs to change. So I have four application points for this first part of my message today. I'll put them up one right after the other, and I'll let you consider what you need to hear today. Number one, don't speak evil words. So don't insult other people. Number two, don't speak false words. Don't lie. Number three, don't speak harshly. This is where we need to be careful about the tone of our voice and the words we choose to use around other people. And then number four, don't speak poorly of others. And this includes when you're speaking to them, but it also includes when you're speaking about them behind their backs. Don't speak poorly of other people. Now, if you're looking at this list and you're saying, boy, I really need some help in some of these areas, please know that it isn't just a matter of training your mouth to say the right words. Really, it's a heart issue. Check your heart to see what's going on there. Again, we all struggle with this. And I just want you to think, what are, what are the words that are coming out of your mouth that shouldn't be coming out of your mouth? And ask God to work on your heart 
And I believe the transformation will make it to your mouth if God works on your heart. Okay, so this first point of my message, we're talking about the words that we shouldn't use. And if I only had one point in my message today, you might think, well, maybe the solution is that I should just cut my tongue out. Um, But that's not the solution, because God gave us our mouths for a good purpose. And my second point today is that we are to learn how to use the right words. We've already looked at Proverbs 10, 19, about the connection between our words and sin. I want to look at the next two verses now. It says, The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for lack of judgment. So yes, our mouths can be used for evil purposes, but look at verse 20. It says there, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. That means that our tongues can be something that God considers to be of great value. Now it's a contrast here, and it's an interesting contrast in verse 20. That's one tip for reading the book of Proverbs. So many times within just one verse, you get both sides of it. And here we get both sides. And on one side, we see that our tongue can be choice silver, but it's contrasted with the heart the heart of the wicked. So do you see the connection there? If good words are coming out of our mouths, that's a good thing, but if bad words are coming out of our mouths, it points to something wrong that's going on inside of our hearts. And again, this is where Jesus said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you hear these wrong words that are coming out of your mouth, please know, you should check your heart. Jesus went on to say in the next verse, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So our mouths are an indicator of what's going on in our hearts. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing, okay? I know we've talked a lot about the bad stuff, but let's look at the positive side now, because remember, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. So let's, let's learn what that looks like. Also in verse 21, it says, The lips of the righteous nourish many. God can use your lips to encourage others. In Proverbs 15, 23, it says, How good is a timely word. Have you ever known that person that maybe there's like 15 different people in the conversation and then one person just chimes in with a word that just hits it right on the head and you think, man, I wish I could be as wise as that person. Let's trust that God will make us into that person. That, That when all these words are flying all over the place, that God gives us the words of wisdom. In Proverbs 25.12, it even tells us that a rebuke can be a valuable thing when it's given in wisdom. So our words, they have this great power to build others up, to nourish other people. So are you that kind of person? Are you, have you learned to say the right words at the right time? I love Ephesians 4.29 on this one. This may be a good verse to memorize. Uh, And kids especially, let me talk to you on this one. This is a great verse to help you see what should and shouldn't come out of your mouth. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. That word unwholesome is the same word that the Bible uses for a a bad fish, like like a rotten fish, or a bad piece of fruit. So think about that. uh, Let's say you go to a fruit tree for yourself and you pick out a nice juicy one for you, and then you go to a different tree and you pick out a mushy one and you give that to somebody you love. What are they going to say? They're not going to say thank you for that. But that's what we do with our mouths. Sometimes we give that, that awful, rotten fruit to other people in what we're saying. So it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's the standard for what we are to say. Does it help 
others? Does it build them up? Is it what God would say to them? Let's choose our words wisely. And how do we know what words are going to be beneficial, what words are going to build others up? Well, fortunately, God's word is a guide for that. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. So the goal here would be that we would say what God would say to people. The goal here is that we would let God's word transform our words. Now, I recognize that that's a really high standard, and, and you might be thinking, how could I ever get to know the Bible in such a way that I could, I could speak like the Bible to other people? Well, let me just tell you a little bit about my story in this. I remember when I started reading the Bible, and I heard other people quoting the Bible, I'm like, how in the world do they do that? How do they, it's such a thick book, and I just don't get how they can just recall one here, recall one here, and just say the right thing at the right time. And, and then, a couple years later, I, I would hear people quote a Bible verse, and I would say, oh, that sounds like something that Paul said. I don't know where, but it sounds like something the Apostle Paul said. And then a couple years later, it was more like, okay, I think I remember what the Apostle Paul said. He said something about how we shouldn't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. I can't find it, but I, I'm pretty sure he said it somewhere. And then a couple years later, it might be, oh yeah, that's in Ephesians. I don't remember exactly where it is in Ephesians. Let me get my Bible. I think I can find it. There it is. And then a couple years later, it's like Paul said that in Ephesians 4.29. We shouldn't let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. I don't expect that you would all be able to quote the entire Bible tomorrow, but I do expect that 20 years from now, should the Lord not come back before then, and, and we're still taking breath here, I expect that in 20 years that we would all get better and better and better at this. And that we could be that person in the room that when everybody else is just spouting off their own opinions, that you are the one that has the wise word to say. Because, you know why? Jesus prayed that our hearts would be transformed by God's word. And I believe that God will answer that prayer. So that's the standard for our words, is that, that God would give us the words to say. And that in wisdom, we would learn them and speak those timely words. A couple other things that should come out of our mouths. This one from James 3, 9 through 10. It says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. You see why James is kind of the Proverbs of the New Testament? There's a contrast right there. Then verse 10, Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Now obviously what he's saying is we shouldn't curse our brothers. We shouldn't use hurtful words Instead, we should praise God with our tongues. Our tongues can be used for the best of purposes, to praise the Lord. But our tongues also have the power to say awful, hurtful things. So let's train our lips to say things that will praise God. Wherever we are, whether we're hanging out with our family or at work, wherever we are, let's let only helpful, let, let helpful and praise-filled words come out of our mouths. And then also, according to Ephesians 6.19, here's another thing that should come out of our mouths. The Apostle Paul asked for prayer. He said, Pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. We should be praying like this, that God would give us words to proclaim the gospel. That God would open those doors and help us see the opportunities and put the words on our lips that we might speak life giving the life-giving message of the gospel to other people.
This has to be one of the main purposes of our lips. Sometimes when I look at the world and I, and I hear all these awful things being said to people, you almost have to wonder, why did God give us our mouths? But then when we think of people proclaiming the gospel message, whether that's a missionary in a foreign country, or whether it's us with our kids, or us with our neighbors or co-workers, then I see why God gave us our mouths, because we can praise God with what we say. I have a list of application points here as I close out my second point as well. Number one, we should speak in kind words that build others up. That's Ephesians 4.29 again. No unwholesome talk, only what's helpful for building others up. Number two, we should speak in praise to God. God gave us our lips so that we could glorify Him. We do that in our songs here, but let's do it throughout the week, praising God with our lips. And then number three, we should proclaim the gospel. Let us let the gospel come out of our mouths. In Proverbs 20:15 it says, "Lips that speak knowledge are a rare jewel." I hope that God sees our lips like that. So to recap, my first point today, we must be careful not to use the wrong words, and then second, we are to learn how to use the right words. But I want you to know that this power to choose between those two does not come from you. I'm not asking you simply to transform your lips. That would not be enough. We're not going to do Botox injections here and just hope that the right words come out of our lips. My conclusion today, if you want a good mouth, you need a good heart. According to the gospel, we have all sinned. Every one of us, those of us who have the ability to speak, have used that ability the wrong way. We have sinned in so many ways against others and against God, but fortunately, God loves us and sent Jesus to rescue us from our sins. So that in receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we are forgiven for all the awful things that we have done and said. So I want you to know that if there are any of you in here and you're unsure whether you've ever received Jesus, please do it right now because God loves you and created you for this purpose that you would know him, that you would give your life to Jesus. But then think about it from there. For those of us who have already received Jesus as our Savior and Lord, he is continually at work in our hearts, reshaping and transforming our hearts to make us more and more like Jesus Christ. And as he transforms our hearts, do you know what will happen? our lips will be transformed too. Now, I hope you've seen this in your life. For those of you who've been walking with Jesus for a while, I hope that you would look back at your life and maybe you remember the awful person you used to be, the awful things you used to say. I thought, you know, I usually try to preach for about 30 or 35 minutes. I thought I could go for like an hour and a half today just telling stories of all the awful things that I've said to people. But we're not going to go there, okay? That's in the past and Christ has forgiven it. But I look back at some of the things that I have said to people and I think, why did I say that? But I've also seen God transform my heart so that, hopefully, fewer and fewer of those things, those awful things, come out of my mouth. And more and more of what comes out of my mouth is that what builds others up. And the credit for that does not go to me. It goes to God, because I see God doing in me and in you all what he has promised to do, that he will make us holy, that he will transform us. So please know, if you're hearing the wrong things coming out of your mouth, please know that God will change your heart. And as God changes your heart, he will change your lips. So please, recommit your life. There should be constant recommitment of our lives to Christ. And I, want, I have an assignment for you this week. 
I want you to listen to the words that come out of your mouth. And I want you to discern whether they're good or evil. Again, there's a day coming in which we're going to have to answer for all of them, so let's practice that this week. Let's just practice. In, in, in the power of the Holy Spirit, listen to the words that come out of your mouth and ask the question, was that good and true and just and right, or was it evil and perverse? And if you need help with this, just go to God. Ask Him for His help because He will transform your heart and that transformation will make it to your mouths as well. Let him so fill your heart that when you speak, good words come out. Words that build others up. Words that glorify God. Words that proclaim the message of the gospel. God gave us our mouths for a reason. Let's use them to give him glory. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have spoken to us. And when you speak to us, it is good. Even your discipline, God, is good for us. God, we thank you that you have given us wisdom. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Thank you, God, for what you have given to us. We pray that our hearts would be transformed as we listen to your wisdom, as we submit our hearts to Christ, that you would change us and make us more like Christ. And that the words that come out of our mouths would not be evil, hurtful, perverse, words, but they would be words that build others up according to what they need, that they would be words that glorify you, and that they would, they would be words that proclaim the gospel. God, we thank you for what you've spoken to us. We thank you for the kind words that others have spoken to us, and we pray that you would transform our hearts and our mouths, that we would give you glory with all that we say. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.